Welcome future world leaders. You are listening to Beyond the Crown, where you will meet, understand, and find motivation from beauty queens as they share what's beyond their crowns. These women are strong, smart, and powerful leaders in their communities, and so can you. In this podcast, you will learn about the dedication, purpose, and discipline it takes to earn a crown on your head, whether it be in pageants or in life. My name is Jessie Des, and I am not only your host, but I am your Miss Palm Beach County 2019 for the Miss America organization. Welcome to the Beyond the Crown podcast. Today, I have two very special guests that will be joining me. First, we have my pageant sister, Mary Luz Cook, who is Miss South Florida Fair 2019 for Miss America, and she made top 10 at the Miss Florida competition this past summer. My second guest is Janelle Rufa, who I like to call my sister queen because she is Miss Palm Beach County for the Miss USA organization. Janelle just recently switched from competing in Miss America to USA, so I am very eager to hear what she has to say. We will be discussing the Miss America rule changes that have been causing a lot of controversy in the pageant world. Miss America 2.0 shocked the world when they announced that they are no longer a pageant, but a competition, banning swimsuits altogether. Why is this such a big controversy? Well, if you didn't know, the Miss America organization Roots began from a swimsuit competition. The second major rule change is the shifting of the evening gown portion, where contestants can now wear, quote, whatever makes them feel confident. Lastly, and personally, the saddest change for Miss America is that the competition itself is leaving Atlantic City and moving to Connecticut this year. Ladies, thank you once again for joining me today. Mary Luce, how long have you been participating in pageants? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I've actually been competing going on six years now. So when I was 18 years old in 2015, that was my first year competing. I competed and actually Miss Palm Beach County was my first local pageant ever. (laughs) Pretty sure I came in dead last. Um, (laughs) And then I competed um, in another local that year. And I never attended Miss Florida until that year. And I remember going to Miss Florida and thinking, I'm going to compete on this stage next year. But I was also totally petrified. The next year, 2016, I won my first title of Miss Fort Lauderdale. The following year was Miss Boca Raton. The year after that was Miss Miami Beach. And this year was Miss South Florida Fair. So it's hard to believe that I've been competing in this organization for half a decade now. Wow, that's impressive. And I (laughs) applaud you for that because it takes a lot of hard work and dedication. Thank you. And people don't truly realize it, but it's honestly, it's worth it at the end. Oh, absolutely. And Janelle, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. I wish I had started sooner like Mary Lou's, but this will be my fourth year competing. I started at the age of 23 with the Miss America organization, so my first title was Miss Miami Beach and then Miss Fort Lauderdale, and then moved on to the Miss USA organization last year with the title of Miss South Florida USA and this year Miss Palm Beach USA. And I'm so grateful for the experiences that it has brought me and the person that it's helped me develop into and uh, I'm, gr- I'm so grateful for it. I'm going to keep competing until I <laughs> officially age out. And that's so good to hear. And it's funny because we sit here now doing this podcast on pageantry, but we all met 
through a pageant. We all met through the Miss South Florida Fair pageant. So it's great to see how pageants kind of connect people to one another and how they can, you know, intertwine with passions and goals. And just going off of that, how has pageantry impacted your lives? I could literally write a book. Um, Pageants have changed my life, specifically the Miss America organization. So first of all, I graduated debt-free largely because of the Miss America organization. A lot of people don't know that it's the number one scholarship provider for women in the entire world. Mm -hmm. So I'm so thankful for that. In addition to that, I mean, I met some of the best people, um, you know, just sitting at this table with the two of you, you two are some of the most incredible people that I know. You're so driven and intelligent, and that's really Every single woman that I've met in the Miss America organization, we've all met quality friends that we Mm -hmm. know will be in our lives forever. And then in terms of like my career, I think that it's a way that really, I mean, I can't say enough about what the Miss America organization has done for me. So starting off, I thought I wanted to be a prosecuting attorney, which was kind of like a safe thing for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Being in pageants, you know, there's such a catalyst for growth and for confidence. And I recognize that, you know, I really could do anything, you know, just pageants made me realize that. And so because of the confidence that I gained, I, I, you know, I realized that my true passion was sports broadcasting. So totally took like a 180 and realized that I wanted to do something totally different. But it's because of the confidence that I gained in myself and in my abilities and my work ethic through competing in pageants. I mean, I can totally relate to that. I I see pageants as like a boot camp for the real world and the real career because you get such a confidence that's completely different to anything that you could have ever prepared yourself for. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had mock interviews before going to Miss Florida. And I mean, when else do you get an opportunity like that to have some people high in society question you about politics, about I don't know, your morals, and it's just something that prepares you for the real world. The real world, mm-hmm. And I always feel like I'm a step ahead of everyone else that hasn't been able to get an opportunity like this just because of how much they've helped me and built me up and built my confidence throughout mm-hmm. the years. So what about you, Janelle? Absolutely. I, I totally agree with what both of you said, and I love what you said, that it's a catalyst for growth and opportunity and confidence mm-hmm. because truly is. I feel like it really unleashes your potential within and You know, I don't know if that sounds cliche, but it's so true because I think that we all have this potential for greatness within us and we all have such talent and such intelligence and and it's whether or not, you know, we we have the confidence to unleash it. And that's, Mm -hmm. I feel like what pageantry has really done for me at a personal and professional level. Um, I've met some incredible girls, you know, lifelong friends like you, truly women who are making a huge impact in our world and just really on a mission to empower other women and just um, encourage other women. And it's such, it's so, it's such a beautiful community, but also uh, it's led me so many opportunities, you know, I feel like with a sash and a crown, you can walk in any, any door can open for Mm -hmm. you. And that's what's really been cool is um you know I've had kind of dreams as a child that I didn't really think were maybe attainable one of them was being a title holder or doing television or radio work and all of these things I always aspired to do and the pageants have really opened up opportunities for that and I couldn't be more grateful what I really love about it is once you win a title the year is what you make of it so you literally you know, it's, it's whatever you aspire to do and the impact that you aspire to make. And I feel like the sash and crown and, and the title just propels you into any direction. It just kind of unleashes that, that, um, potential that you want. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, I'm excited for what the future has as well as, um, 
opportunities continue to open, but it's really made a huge impact in my life. I'm so grateful. And Janelle, I think you're a great leader for that because I see what you're doing on Instagram. You are definitely using your crown and sash to the fullest potential. I mean, you're doing TV appearances. You're, you know, you're doing so much. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you're able to get your foot in the door? Yeah, well, I think the same about you, Jess. <laughs> I mean, I just saw you on a commercial last week. Yeah. And, I mean, you're in this podcast. Like, Aww. you're talking to yourself, girl. Thank you. <laughs> but, no, it really is. And, you know, something that I've learned, it's really helped me to grow as an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. I never, never considered myself to be a businesswoman. I majored in biology and then exercise science. Um, I always had, like, my parents are a doctor you know, doctor and pharmacist always had that medical background. Um, and I never really considered myself a business person, but it really has propelled me in that area. And something that I've learned to do is really just to reach out, to Mm -hmm. um, pitch your ideas, to just, um, you know, lead with confidence. And so a lot of it has really just been talking to people, sharing my um, desires or passions or ideas. And, and a lot of times there'll be connections or opportunities or really just, cold, flat out, reaching out, calling, emailing, um, pitching some ideas. And, and, and that's, what's really, I guess, propelled the television and in radio work is just, um, you know, creating ideas of topics that I want to share. So my, my main niche is health and fitness. And so I do a lot of, um, like healthy living, educational mm-hmm. topics or fitness topics. And so that's that's been so exciting for me, combining my passions with that. And I agree. I mean, definitely having a crown on your head helps to be heard just a little bit, but it doesn't take away the hard work that you have to put to, you know, accomplish those goals. Absolutely. So next, what I want to talk about is pageant stereotypes. <laughs> Let's just talk about those right now. So let's see, what are some pageant stereotypes that you've heard that you're like, Oh, no, it's not really like that. (laughs) I think one of the number one things, like, if I ever say, oh, well, I'm a title holder, like, in the Miss America organization, I'm Miss South Florida Fair. Well, there's two main ones that come to mind. Um, Okay, there's, oh, so are the people that you compete with really catty? And I'm like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. no, they're, like, my best friends. And then uh, number two is, oh, you probably don't eat very much, do you? Oh, my gosh. That drives me crazy. Me too. And my greatest flex to date is that (laughs) I won a corn-eating competition. Oh, I remember that. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I, you know, I bring it up all the time. I'm like, no, 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 we do eat. Trust me, I won a food-eating competition. Oh, yeah. And I think the worst part, I mean, the best and the worst part is that every year, the night before, you know, the main pageant night at Miss Florida, they always give us the most filling and wonderful food. I think it was barbecue pork, which is like, oh, my God, that is like my favorite. And, you know, like in Miss Florida week, you're kind of dependent on what they're giving you to eat. So you kind of have to eat at the times that they give you food and you have to eat whatever they feed you or else you're not going to eat. And of course, they give like the most mouth watering thing. And I love how some girls, you know, some girls are really good with like sticking to healthy diets. But I just I mean, there's pictures in magazines of me with like (laughs) double pulled pork on my and I'm like smiling. and like the happiest I was all week. So I definitely relate to the Do you guys eat? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Well, I have a funny story to share about the first one that you shared about the girls being bratty. And I, so I did a, I competed at a few local pageants in Pennsylvania before I did down in Florida. And I was so intimidated to compete in Florida because I thought, oh my gosh, all those blonde bombshell bikinis, (laughs) 
hotties <laughs> and they're going to be so mean and I'm so scared. And so I got to my first pageant competition and that's where I met Mary Lou's. And literally, it's so funny because I, to this day, she was so nice that I was literally like, this girl is too nice to be real. <laughs> Wait, actually, I thought the same thing about Mary Lou's. <laughs> The first time, because South Florida Fair, you were there, Mary Luz. <laughs> first pageant I ever did Miss America, and I met Mary Luz, and she was like, I had that oh, stereotype, really nice. too. So I was like, mm, she's a little too nice. I, yeah, we were questioning, <laughs> is this girl real, or is she... But then, okay, so then, like, every time before we would go on stage, she'd be like, can I pray with you? Mm-hmm. What? Like, so we became oh, prayer partners yeah. and, like, best friends. And so the girls really have become my best friends. And really, like it is, like, women empowering other women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we know that we're only competing against the best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Each of us contain, you, you know, possess unique talents and unique experiences and intelligence and all of this. So it really is just being the best version of yourself because we're all so um, unique beautiful and talented (laughs) I think that's the best part is that I think all girls that compete in any pageant whether it be Miss USA or Miss America because I also did do Miss Teen USA that was my first one ever so I've had a little bit of a taste of what USA is like but I remember just meeting those girls and walking away and being like wow this is so refreshing like these girls are like me like I felt like I finally fit in because I met other women that like they have a plan they know what they want to do they have goals and it was just so refreshing and I was in high school when I did my first pageant and in my high school I was surrounded by people who didn't want to be there didn't really pursue goals and I always felt like I didn't fit in and when I did my first pageant like the girls were so motivating and it was so nice because everyone was confident so they we don't have time to bash on each other because we're already confident and we know that whoever is gonna walk away with the title it's just their year and you know they deserved it that year they worked hard to do it but everyone's gonna have their time to shine so I think that's what's like truly special. Yeah, absolutely. The girls are so driven and motivated, and that's what's encouraged me. And I feel like each of you, um, through all that you're doing and through your platforms and, and career ambitions, like it, it's inspired me in so many ways to really keep pursuing the best version of myself interview-wise, physically fit-wise, career-wise. And so that's been so motivating. So that's really good to hear, Janelle. So let's move on to a little bit of the Miss America 2.0 rule changes that have been causing a little bit of controversy, you know, lately between contestants or people that truly just like the traditional Miss America. So I guess the first one to talk about is the swimsuit ban. What are the pros and cons? What do you guys feel about it? Okay. Back to <laughs> Mary Lou saying that she can write a book about something. Um, so obviously I competed in the organization with swimsuit, a part of it for the first four years that I competed. And this year was the first that there was no swimsuit mm-hmm. at the state level. Um, I can understand how some people may feel that swimsuit didn't necessarily bring out their best self. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for the majority of women, I think that it really pushed them to become healthier versions of themselves. Like I know uh, before I started competing in the Miss America organization, I literally ate like French fries, like a large fry. I cannot and, like, imagine that. Every si- I know that's not what I am anymore. <laughs> every single day from McDonald's, like yeah. every day. And, you know, Miss America was always my dream since I was a little girl. And it was like, as soon as I was like, okay, like I'm old enough to compete. It was like, all right, Mary Luce, like get yourself together. Like you need to like 
you know, live a healthier mm-hmm. lifestyle. You know, that's a part of being Miss America, being that like ideal, well-rounded woman. And so um, I know for me, it like changed my life. Like I could never go back. I mean, I still love French fries, but like I could never <laughs> go back to like eating them every single day or anything like that. Like I really feel like I found a balance and that's mm-hmm. because of competing in the Miss America organization. And then in terms of confidence, like don't even get me started. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so empowering to walk on a stage in a swimsuit and you know, it's just, it's, you're feminine, you're beautiful. And just to feel that, like, I never felt objectified, um, which mm-hmm. I know is a, a big part of the argument, like, you know, against swimsuit. But, you know, as a woman who competed in it for, I guess, four years, mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. I was empowered. I felt confident. And I, you know, I like to think that a lot of other people felt that same way. So so you're definitely on the pro side. <laughs> I am. But, like, <laughs> I can understand. I can see the other side. Oh, yeah, completely. But, yeah, I'm on the pro side. I'm pro swimsuit. (laughs) What about you, Janelle? Because you were able to compete in some of the Miss America pageants, and now you didn't really feel the impact of not having swimsuit because you switched to USA when that happened. So maybe from an outsider's perspective, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I never really experienced the new uh, Miss America competition, but I will say that the swimsuit competition did intimidate me from competing at first. Mm-hmm. When I first got started, that was one thing that I was like, okay, I've got the, you know, the talent, the interview, the platform, this is all great, but swimsuit, eh. Mm-hmm. So um, it took me, and, and then I first started competing in like the most conservative one pieces there were. <laughs> and then I had somebody be like, no, you have to wear it. <laughs> and, and when I wore a two-piece, that's when I won my first. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know. On stage, first one. I really like that. Yeah, <laughs> that know, definitely builds your confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, like you said, it really has um, made me feel empowered and inspired me to pursue health, health even more, uh, my own personal health and fitness. And um, myself being a health coach and a fitness trainer, it's something that I always had a passion for and always – held as a priority, but this kind of challenged me in a new way because, uh, you know, physique is, is a little different style training than just a general healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's really kind of expanded my my fitness routine and, and my, my diet. I've learned a lot through it and I have felt more confident and empowered just, you know, stepping on that stage in a, in a swimsuit and um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for the next time I, I get to do that mm-hmm. because it is very empowering. I remember um, the first time I wasn't initially so intimidated by it, but it definitely was the most nervous part of the pageant. Yeah. Even more, I love I love performing and I still get jitters performing. Um, but when I first started competing, the bathing suit, I think I was a little bit more nervous for bathing suit just because I had never walked in heels in a bathing suit on, on stage, stage in front of like audience. 700 people. And it is intimidating, but honestly, like it just builds your confidence so much. And I think that it also drove me to be the healthiest version of myself. I mean, I, I I grew up being a soccer athlete, so I kind of was used to being able to eat whatever I wanted because I was doing five hours of exercise every day, so it wasn't really impacting me. But I could no longer do that when I got to college. (laughs) So (laughs) trying to find the balance, it kind of pushed me to be healthier, and I started weightlifting and paying attention to what I was putting into my body. And I think it's really important that if you're a title holder, whether it be local, Miss America, Miss USA, 
um, you have to be healthy and you have to set that example for other women. And I never necessarily felt like I had to look like a Victoria's Secret model. They're very good. Miss America is very good at that. It's just being the healthiest version of yourself for your body type and that you're just healthy. And it is a tiring job. When you're Miss America or USA, you're traveling. So you have to be on top of your health and you have to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Just really quick, I want to say it's so funny to me that you say that you were, like, most nervous for a swimsuit because I remember meeting you, and I remember thinking, like, wow, this girl has, like, such an incredible body, and her walk is incredible. My mom would actually talk about your walk. She would be like, oh, my goodness, Jessica Fernandez has such an incredible (laughs) swimsuit walk. So that's so funny to me because I never would have known that you, like, didn't walk in a swimsuit in heels. Like, I would have thought you were born doing it. No! And then in terms of, like, what you were saying, about you know swimsuit and just um how you felt that it was portrayed to you I Mm -hmm. feel the same way like I never felt like I was necessarily being judged on my body like Mm -hmm. of course I wanted to look my best because you know like I mean hello like I want my pictures to look nice like of course (laughs) like you know you work hard for that moment it's so Mm -hmm. significant but I always felt that I was being judged like on my confidence like that's how it was always like you know portrayed to me like when I was talked about like how the judging would be it was like I agree with that how your confidence is and I remember the the state executive director for Florida she would always say um swimsuit is one from here up from your shoulders up the smile on your face I'm gonna move to a more controversial part of the swimsuit so I mean, we were on Instagram. This probably happened a few months ago when Miss America organizers apologized for the quote that they quoted, an educated woman does not parade around in a swimsuit. Um, And these are the Miss America organizers. So, you know, as Mary Luce, you and I as contestants, we both saw other contestants, our other beauty queen sisters, they definitely were not happy with that statement and posting pictures in their swimsuit and kind of, you know, re-quoting an educated woman does not parade around in a swimsuit and then saying all their, you know, everything they've accomplished in education. So I'm curious to hear your opinions. Well, I think that what's really important that a lot of people may not have realized, because I did look at the email, Mm -hmm. I think that it was taken out of context Mm -hmm. because it wasn't actually the Miss America organization putting out that statement. It was a person who was like offering a scholarship to the Miss America organization who um, was kind of explaining why they didn't feel like they could compete in the past. Now, in terms of that statement itself and the movement that really ensued (laughs) after it, you know... I mean, I that statement in and of itself, totally isolated without mm-hmm. context, like, yes, it is offensive because, you know, all the former Miss Americas, like, they would not be where they were if mm-hmm. it weren't for the swimsuit competition. And at the end of the day, like, the Miss America organization, as I mentioned, is the number one scholarship provider for women in the world. Like, mm-hmm. we're competing in the Miss America organization for so many reasons, but one of them is because we want to further our education and we don't exactly. want to be, like, in debt in I process. think that's the number one motivator for right. most of us. Right. Like, when I started, it was kind of like, oh, I want to be Miss America. Like, that was always my dream since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And then as I was, you know going on further and further in my collegiate career I was like wow like if it wasn't for these scholarships like who knows like what kind of loans I might have to take Mm -hmm. out and so 
the Miss America organization was such a blessing to me, and I did parade. I mean, I wouldn't say parade around, but, you know, I did strut around in my swimsuit on the stage, <laughs> and, you know, I also am very educated, you know, and I know that that's the same for you, Janelle, and the same for you, Jessica, mm-hmm. so um, that's where I stand on that. Yeah. <laughs> I said what I said. Absolutely. And I think it goes along with, you know, being a well-rounded woman and really becoming the best version of yourself in every area of life, mentally, physically, emotionally. You know, there's so many components that come along with it. And I think just, you know, like it is more about your confidence and just being, you know, prioritizing health in your life, which is so important for any career just to have in life. So I think just it just pushes us to be well-rounded in every area. So I think, you know, we have a large emphasis on education and an emphasis on healthy living, and those two go hand in hand to create a, a strong, empowered woman. I think also just really quick, what was nice was that our voices were heard after that, and there was an apology issued, you know, mm-hmm. clearing up the situation. So it's really nice to know that as a contestant in the Miss America organization that they are listening. They are seeing all of yeah. those hundreds and hundreds of Instagram posts, which I thought was nice. Yeah. And how do you think that impacted the chances of, you know, contestants returning to go back to Miss America? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens like next year and see where the numbers are. But it's just like at the end of the day, I really think the Miss America organization is about women and it's about the women who compete in it, even though, you know, it's changing and everything. I just really hope that Mm-hmm. You know, the friends that I've been competing with for years, I really hope that, you know, they still feel that they're empowered in this organization because at the end of the day, I know that that's the goal of this organization, mm-hmm. you know, and it always has been and hopefully always will be. So now let's move on to the next change where um, evening wear comes to conversation. Um, and now that you don't specifically have to wear an evening gown, now it's anything that makes you feel the most confident. So how did... Like, Mary Luce, when you first heard that, how did you take that in? Like, how did you comprehend that? I don't even know what they call it now. I, I think it's still called evening wear. I just want to say, like, I feel like evening gown is such a magical yeah. moment. Um, It really is. Like, and what other point in your life are you really going to get to, like, have that moment, like, on a stage, like, walking in a gown, envisioning yourself as Miss Florida, as Miss America? I think it's such... A significant portion of the competition but I mean I recognize the reason that they got rid of it was because they didn't want the judges to judge a woman solely on beauty but again I felt like I was judged on like my elegance and my confidence in my mm-hmm. gown and it was such a cool opportunity to you know really exercise like my true personality in my mm-hmm. gown like yeah. this year I was so excited about the gown that I chose it was like a little different than anything I had ever done before I'd always done a white gown and I did like a black gown and it was like my favorite thing that I had ever Yay. worn before but it was like I mean not having the the evening gown competition I felt like I didn't really get the moment to like soak it all in mm-hmm. like have that moment yeah, and you know, evening gown is such an iconic moment mm-hmm. on stage in a pageant. And as you mentioned, it 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 gives us an opportunity to shine in in our inner beauty, really, mm-hmm. in our grace, our poise, our elegance, and those things are so important as professional women, and also as you know, women inspiring young, younger women as well. That etiquette and poise. I think what's interesting though is I feel that a lot of people that competed with us and Miss Florida this past year were a lot of returning contestants Mm -hmm. despite it being different despite it being Miss America 2.0 a lot of the people were returners Mm -hmm. and 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe every single person competing wore an evening gown. Like yes. no one wore anything else. So I'm wondering if like that's how it'll continue to be in the future or if someone is going to surprise us with something like at Miss mm-hmm. America. Like, I'm excited to watch Miss America this yeah. year and see how it's going to be different. I feel like every girl fantasizes about wearing a beautiful gown and, you know, being under lights and, you know, being able to wear it and feel gracious in it. And I think that also just with like, it comes with the title, Miss USA, Miss America. Like when I think of that, I think of like the end when they're playing the Miss America song and she has the crown and the gown, you know, I think that's such an iconic moment. So even though we're given the freedom to wear whatever we want, I think people are still choosing to wear evening gown. On that, you both were at Miss America 2.0? Yes, the first Miss America 2.0 ever. And it was like the last Miss America Atlantic City, which is like wild. That it's we mind the blowing. Last one. We didn't know at the mm-hmm. time that it was going to be the last one in Atlantic City. But yeah, Janelle and I were both there. Um, I'll never forget when Taylor Tyson won Miss Florida. I like tear up thinking about it. When she won Miss Florida 2018, you know, yeah. obviously I was competing against her, but she's one of my really good friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, crying like sobbing oh my goodness Taylor won and I was like in that moment I was like I'm going to Miss America this year like, that's <laughs> it I'm going to Miss America and so seeing her compete was incredible in Atlantic City at Boardwalk Hall like a place that you know of course I've watched Miss America like every year of my life it was really cool to be there in the flesh so yeah I mean we were both there. we had a good time yeah I mean so what were your thoughts of America uh, Miss America 2.0 what did you think about it I, I remember we were very intrigued. We were like, what is this going to be like? What's yeah, next? No. Because for, mm-hmm. for almost how many years? Eight, you know, 80 some years? No, even, something. no, yeah, almost 100 years. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of the same format. Consistent. So, yeah, so we were just very intrigued and, I mean, excited, I mean, to see what it was like. And definitely different, definitely more opportunities to share their voice, though, on stage. I agree. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, a lot of speaking opportunities. So that was pretty yeah. cool. And the red carpet. I mean, I was intrigued by that. I kind of like that. It was cool. It was very glamorous. Like it, Mm -hmm. like to make evening gown more glamorous. I would be. It would be hard to make it more glamorous. But I feel like that just gave it a Hollywood kind of sense. And just walking on a red carpet Mm -hmm. at Atlantic City, like you could just see the confidence in all those women when they were strutting down the like the runway. And I feel like you know they had that moment to share their social impact Mm -hmm. initiative. So it was almost like they were being like interviewed on the red carpet. Exactly. You want to say to America, and they go off. They say you know something that is really important to them and Mm -hmm. a message that they genuinely want to share with the country and with the people who are watching and then of course that iconic walk and it was like you know sped up and it was a little bit more modern and it was fun it was really cool to watch I love that and at USA did you feel like you got almost the same amount of times to share your opinion and have your voice heard on stage or how how does it differ from Miss America a little bit different in that in Miss America um, all of the contestants have the opportunity for the onstage question you know the whole fishbowl yes (laughs) picking a question which is so nerve-wracking but so empowering (laughs) Um, so Miss USA is a little different they're only the top five I believe have the onstage question opportunity so Mm -hmm. it really is kind of down to the final the final cut where you are, have the opportunity to share your voice on stage in front of the audience. Now, we do have the private interview. It is quite shorter. It's three minutes rather than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So there are some differences in that. So it's, I guess, a little bit more concise in, in you know, sharing your voice. 
And for Mary Luce and I, this past summer, we competed at Miss Florida. And what was different is that we had a platform statement that it was very similar. And it was inspired by Miss America 2.0, where in evening gown, we were able, before we finished doing our walk, we were able to just make up kind of like a slogan or a sentence and to share what our platform statement was. And what did you think about that? I mean, I, I feel like I enjoyed it. It was it was a unique mm-hmm. experience. It was definitely it was definitely different than anything that we've done before. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I did enjoy it because the thing is when people are in the audience and they're watching Miss Florida, they don't always get the opportunity to learn about what your platform or your social impact initiative exactly. is. And so this year really was different in the sense that it did definitely give the audience the opportunity to know what it was that each woman stood for. And the one message that that woman wanted to get across was definitely Mm -hmm. like given to that audience. So I did love that. I feel I I felt empowered being able to say my platform statement, especially because, you know, everybody has all their different reasons and they pick whatever their statement is. But for me, you know, it was the Brain Aneurysm Foundation because my sister's a brain aneurysm survivor. And I feel like it's so powerful when you're able to, you know, look your best. You feel confident. You're in this beautiful evening gown. The spotlight is on you and they ask you, what do you have to say? I mean, I feel like that's such a rare moment. And if like other than pageantry, where else would you get that? The one message that I wanted to share with someone, it was that, you know, we should be talking about depression. It is real. Mm -hmm. And just like you have your platform, that's something that you in the past, you may not have been able to share on stage. And so to have that opportunity to share with such a large audience, a message Mm -hmm. is so important to you, is so empowering. And I think so important. Yeah, and I think that's another beautiful thing about pageantry. We all have, you know, our unique talents and and our unique beauties and passions and all that, but we all have our unique experiences and what's molded us to who we are and the impact that we want to create in the world. So, um, you know, you're having an amazing effect on, you know, brain aneurysm survivors and, and that foundation and then you depression and mine's you know cancer prevention and Mm -hmm. I think you know we don't go through difficult times in life for no reason we go through them to be able to inspire and encourage others so that's such a beautiful thing is just you know the using our voice to be really be able to impact and encourage so many lives is very powerful no definitely it is and now to maybe a different area that might be a little bit more sentimental is Miss America leaving the historical Atlantic City Mm -hmm. I know that I'm a little sad just because you know we're still competing and one day obviously our goal is to make it to Miss America and Miss USA and specifically for Miss America like the dream is to make it to Atlantic City and I feel like that's just like a little girl dream and I feel like it's just something that we hold on to but of course we're we're gonna need to be flexible to change but what do you guys think about that change? Miss America is like part of the culture of Atlantic City so it was really cool to experience that and it's really sad that it's leaving Atlantic City, but I mean, I'm really excited for the future of the organization and to see how it'll be in the future. But I know that like when I think of Atlantic City, like, you know, some people may think about casinos or whatever. <laughs> I literally just think about Miss America. Oh, and I don't me think too. that will ever yeah. change for me. So <laughs> yeah, it was very magical getting to walk down that boardwalk and see all the statues and just, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it is a piece of their culture and a piece of their history and very special. And I think it always will be. But, you know, now it's time for new beginnings and Mm -hmm. eager to see what that's all about. Just looking on forward, I feel like there might be a potential that it might go back to Atlantic City. I don't know if that's just me hoping for it. (laughs) But 
one thing that's not easy to see is there's there's been on social media a little bit of boycott with this new Miss America moving to Connecticut. And for me, it's just frustrating to see that because, you know, Michaela, she's our Miss Florida. And these girls work so hard. I mean, we know how hard we work to even just make it to state and like you know, get a crown locally and make it to state and girls work for years to make it to Miss America. And just because there's change doesn't mean necessarily it's bad. And I just hope that it doesn't take away from these girls, the girls experience going to Miss America. I mean, that's such a dream. And, you know, I hope nothing but the best for Michaela. But I I hope that people are more open to all the changes. Michaela McLean, our current Miss Florida, Mm -hmm. she's absolutely incredible. And yeah, like, I mean, I, I think that every single woman who's competing at Miss America, that they deserve to be supported. You know, mm-hmm. they work so, so hard to get there, as you said. And I can't even imagine, like, if it was my year, you know, going to Miss America, like, if I were to win and, you know, people were like, oh, well, we're going to boycott Miss America. This yeah. Year. I'd be so upset. Like, oh, it's yeah. not my fault. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, so I hope that people can understand the mission of Miss America, that, you know, they're still seeking to empower women, even if it looks differently than the organization did, you know, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we can just all band together to support our sisters who are competing at Miss America. That's a huge deal. And oh, it's yeah. really really exciting so well just to close it up I'm really excited for both of you I mean I feel like we're all really just striving for big things in our future so is there anything exciting happening in the next year for you guys yeah well I mean 2020 Mm -hmm. like how exciting is that a whole new decade um so I graduated from FAU uh Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton in 2019 and I'm getting ready to really just like kickstart my sports broadcasting career. Yes. I believe tomorrow I will be officially committing um, to like move out of the state. It's <gasps> not official yet. So um, it will be. Oh, like we heard it here first. We heard it here first. Wait, that's um, so exciting. Literally to the other coast, but stay tuned. We're not sure. <laughs> Possibly. Um, okay, Mary Lou. Decide whether I'm gonna accept it, but okay, Mary um, Luce, give us an inside scoop. Do it um, here. It, okay, well, if you know me, you know that like baseball is like my entire life. Um, I'm half Cuban, so it's a very big part of my culture. My brother played his entire life, love the sport. Uh, obviously, I want to go into sports broadcasting. My ultimate career goal is to work as a sideline reporter for a major league baseball team. So, um, this would be a really great start um, to work for a really cool league. Um, which will remain unnamed at the moment because we don't know what's happening. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I did receive an offer this week and that's like really exciting. It's like, you know, the process after graduating, it's like a lot of people like don't know, like how. Mm -hmm. It's a hard time. Yeah, it's tough. And so it's really exciting to have this offer for a place that I'm like really excited That's about. so, so we'll exciting. See, we'll see. Congratulations. So, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really happy for you. I mean, I know how much you've been working. But exciting things too this summer. <laughs> internship. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be applying to some big internships um, for E! News, Billboards, uh, Billboard, NBC, you know, just... You know, just yeah, shooting no. my you know, shooting, <laughs> just the biggest attempting. I'm just gonna attempt to get my name out there and apply mm-hmm. to as many scholarships or not scholarships, internships as I can, and hopefully I'll be over there over the summer and just getting a great opportunity. What about you, Janelle? I mean, you've been doing great things already. So, so as I mentioned, you know, I've always been into nutrition and healthy living and disease prevention and help really helping people to maximize their health and that, but I never realized um 
you know, that I, I could be a businesswoman. And so I have um, kind of been in the process of building my personal health and fitness brand. And so I'm working on creating some online programs to really empower women in their faith, food and fitness journey. So um, that is coming soon, just a whole, like video series workouts, recipes, nutrition, and all of that. And just going along with kind of combining my passion for health and fitness with media and television as well. Um, I will be, um, we have a new show airing next week, actually called Smart Life on the PBS Health Channel, which airs in Miami, but we could view it globally online. Um, but it's a new kind of healthy living show, nutrition, Mm -hmm. disease prevention, lifestyle, fitness. So I'm so, um, very blessed and thankful to be a part of that show. So I've filmed a few episodes. We're going to be filming some more. And so that is airing next week. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so happy that you guys were able to join me here. I mean, just talking to you guys and I'm so happy that people are going to be able to hear, you know, beyond our crowns and kind of more into our opinions. And, you know, we're real people. We're Mm -hmm. college students, just graduated. We're businesswomen, you know, future sports broadcasters. I mean, it takes a lot of work to get here. And I think that just being an environment of pageantry definitely helps improve and motivate us and build our confidence so that we are able to move beyond our crowns and leave them behind at some point, but move on to our futures and and what we really want to do and we leave with best friends forever right yeah, <laughs> well thank you so much for being with me thank here tonight you, you guys wow. once again my name is jesse does and thank you so much for listening to the first beyond the crown podcast p.s you don't have to wear a crown to conquer the world